What's up, wrestling fans? Ah, it's that time once again for them boys from 607 Podcast to bring you our thoughts and opinions on all things pro wrestling. It's that time once again for us to be live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast for 607TWS. And of course, we are found anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607TWS. Also... We are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I'm one of your hosts here on twitch.tv slash 6 podcast, also the host of the Three Fenders podcast. My name is Rich, and I am joined as I am each and every week by my friend, my partner, my pal, the other host here on twitch.tv slash 6 podcast, and you own better as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast, better known as the ODPH, Talking Kid M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is good? Hope everybody is staying warm in this frozen tundra we are living in right now in upstate New York. But wherever you're listening to us, thank you so much for the time, and let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? Yeah, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Long week uh, for me personally, fucking professionally, all sorts of crazy stuff. So I am, uh, to to be quite honest, I'm I'm the way I'm running through life right now is like Barry Sanders running away from not getting caught by a thing called COVID. So there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm just fucking ducky so we're not going to get into that too much but also i'm just gonna throw it out there this is not going to be one of those shows where i'm going to be going into deep or anything we're going to go through the shit and we're gonna get the fuck out because i'm going to stay in a hotel room tonight wonderful times oh, wonderful sorry, fucking times um so that's all i'm gonna leave it at if you want to know more about it turn into three fat and actually no you can't even do that because it's on patreon because i'm not really talking about it outside of there so there you go there it is Last but certainly not least. But I'm here. Fucking not happy about it, but I'm here. <laughs> uh, it stays like this where I fucking hate pro wrestling and I hate everything I do. Just throwing it out there. Well, that being fucking said, who gives a fuck about anything else? Uh, throw plugs for fucking Ocho Dibonero Parlay Hour podcast. Very simple. If you want to find out everything going on with the ODPH, and I hope you do, swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on social media. You can find all our accounts there, Parlay Points, T Public Store, you name it. If it's ODPH, it's there. And always remember to use the hashtag ODPHPod. 8122productions.com. If you give a shit, if you don't, I don't give a shit either. So that makes two of us. <laughs> Literally, this is my attitude today. I should be happy. My team is on top of the world. I'm not. I'm tired. I'm grumpy. It's fucking cold. And my life is fucking treating me like shit. Considering the fact that I have a birthday on Saturday and uh, I'm dealing with all this other shit. So it seems very unimportant to me. So there you go. Enough said. I was in better mood when I was doing the 3FN. Somewhere between there and here. I don't know what happened. So sorry. Sorry for bringing it down, but fuck it. Let's be real. All right, sir. Well, we'll just kind of kick through the show and get us in and get us out. Yeah, that's what I say. Here we go. And we'll open up with what we were going to talk about this week coming in, and that, of course, is New Japan Pro Wrestling this past week had their annual Wrestle Kingdom pay-per-view live. Well, if you wanted, you could watch it on Fight.tv or 
the cheaper and more effective way is to order it on njpwworld.com for 999 yen, which is a little over $9 a month. And you get to watch both nights. Plus, uh, I do believe as of today or tomorrow, or I, I, I didn't catch it exactly, you could watch also the third night, which was Noah versus uh, New Japan instead mm-hmm. of having to pay a premium for it. So it's, it's all there. Also, you can watch NJPW Strong on njpwworld.com. They don't sponsor, but... But it is a great service, especially if you're trying to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, let's jump right in. Uh, of course, we opened up the previous show with the usual 19-person uh, New Japan Rambo. It's their Battle Royal. We're a Rumble kind of style, and the the, the way it works is uh, over the top rope or by pinfall and submission. And uh, most notably, it's the last four people in the ring, and they will meet the following day for the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2022 trophy. And let's just put it this way. The highlights of this match are always like the legends and everybody that we're in, which is no surprise. This match featured uh, uh, some young young guns, some young lions like Kosei Fujita, Yudo Nakashami, and Roha Uio. Also, legends like Taka Michinoku, Hiroshi Tenjan, Satoshi Kojima, and of course, surprised every Tatsumi Fujinami also making an appearance in this as well. Stars like Togi Makabe, Master Wado, uh, Bad Luck Fale, and so many more were in this match. But it came down to the final four of Chase Owens, Seema. Yes, that's Seema. Hmm. And um, the murder grandpa, Minoru Suzuki, and Toriyanu. So they would be the next day for the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2022 trophy. So when we talk about night two of Wrestle Kingdom, we will talk about the finals of that. Pretty decent match. Uh, basically, when uh, Suzuki entered, he made all the uh, young lions tap out. Uh, to be expected. My biggest takeaway from the match. And then also Chase Owens running away from Suzuki at the end. Mm-hmm. Next up, uh, we had the first match of the actual main card. And it was uh, Yo defeating show via pinfall in 12 minutes and 32 seconds. So uh, Yo, who uh, coming in was uh, not favored for Bullet Club show in the Battle of Rapongi 3K, but still came out on top. Yeah, surprising out- outcome for that one, because I thought it was all show all day. Uh, I, I want to make a personal note here. During these events, uh, it was made public that a lot of people were weirded out by the crowd noise. Well, because of COVID, the Japanese government said that nobody could be cheering, so they could only clap. So that's why there was no audible uh, responses or very minimal audio audio responses. And so if you were taken out by that, I'm sorry, but it's just the way of the land. I think, I think the uh, commentators did a good enough job mentioning that, but I just want to throw it out there because I did see a lot of comments on that. Next up, we had a six-man tag team match. The Bullet Club team of Kenta, Taji, Simori, and uh, El Fantasmo defeated uh, the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi and the mega coaches Taguchi and Rocky Romero via disqualification. Uh, with eight minutes and 40 seconds, uh, the ace Tanahashi went into business for himself with a kendo stick and beat the living shit out of Kenta. Yeah, that was kind of a surprising ending for this one. I wasn't expecting the DQ, but hey, Bullet Club gets the win at the end of the day. Next up, we have another six-man tag team match in classic New Japan format. The United Kingdom team, or the United Empire, sorry, team of Will Osprey, Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb defeated the Los Ingredables de Hopon team of Tetsuyo Naito, Sonata, and Bushi via pinfall in nine minutes and 27 seconds. This, of course, in, with, mixed with the other six-man tag, are precursors of what was going to happen the next night on night two. 
mixing these people into the mix, but also getting a good way of touching people and getting you ready for the second night. Uh, this was a great uh, little six-man tag, and uh, notably, Will Osprey did pick up the pin. However, he was only in the ring for a very short period of time, basically making him fresh as a daisy for his next night's main event. Yeah, smart move. Absolutely brilliant booking. Next up, we had the return of Katsuro Shibata. And it was a mystery opponent. His mystery opponent was Ren Narita, the young lion who was on excursion in New Japan Strong. And uh, he came back to fight his mentor. And Shibata went into business for himself. Yeah. As in the beginning of this match, of course, it was supposed to be like a pure rules wrestling match because of Shibata's injury that previously put him out. But before the match, Shibata made it a regular wrestling match to the, I guess, the surprise of everybody including New Japan management. And in 11 minutes and 46 seconds, Shibata had a nice little match with Ren Narita, and Shibata comes out on top. No surprise here, but very interesting start to this match. I got to say that. Uh, next up, we had the Never Openweight Championship on the line. Your champion, Tamahiro Ishii, defending against Bullet Club's, uh, the, the Torture Club even, if you will, evil. And in 12 minutes and 10 seconds, your new Never Openweight Champion, due to outside interference, by the way, Evil. Surprising win, but you know what? Evil has definitely come around. Obviously, since coming off his world title run, he's kind of been in a little flux, but it's good to see him get the belt. The surprise is all the chaos guys didn't come out to help Ishii in this match. Yeah. As Ishii was just let to fucking wallow and had to fight off every member of the, the House of Torture. Yeah, that was a little interesting. Interesting, and to say the least, I don't know how that's going to leave well with the Stone Pitbull, but we'll find out. Yeah. Next up was for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Your champions coming in, the Dangerous Techers, Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. with Miho Abe in their corner, took on the winners of this year's uh, Tag League, World Tag League, Chaos representatives Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. This minute match got 15 minutes and 27 seconds. And in a kind of lopsided victory, your new IWGP Tag Team Champions, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Did not see this one coming. Pretty much a one-sided affair in this match. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say squash, but kind of. It wasn't quite a squash because it got a little bit longer, but it was definitely not a... It, it was definitely mostly on the chaos side. Yes. Uh, next up, we have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Your champion, El Desperado, defending against the winner of the best of the Super Juniors, Hamaru Takahashi, the ticking time bomb. And boy, these two put on a show. El Desperado has stepped up in the last uh, almost a year of being champion, and nobody's still taking him seriously. The reason he's in the semifinals match of the night is because Takahashi's in the match. Lots of things going in, but 16 minutes and 18 seconds. And still the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Al Desperado, in a great match. Fantastic match. Definitely stole the show, in my opinion. Yeah, it definitely was. It was one of the best matches of the entire two nights, possibly even the best match. Mm -hmm. Next up was the main event of the evening for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Your champion, Shingo Tagagi, defending against the winner of the G1 Climax... The Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. This match gets 35 minutes and 44 seconds. And at the end of the day, your new and first time for him, by the way, with the way that it's set up, IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Kazuchika Okada. No real surprise here, but a fantastic match nevertheless. And 
you know, Okada at Wrestle Kingdom is almost even money to cash in every time. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good match overall, uh, like what they did here. And, of course, no surprise that they would set up Okada mm-hmm. versus Osprey for night two. Speaking of which, let's go on over to night two. We got three matches in the pre-show for night two, which is pretty awesome. All three were six-man tag matches, so I'll save it there. First one, we had the team of Yuji Nagata and the Great Bash Heel, which is Togi Makabe and uh, Tomaka Hanama, and they upset victory over the Bullet Club team of Bad Luck Fale and Gaido and Jido in six minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah, that was a hell of an upset. Next up, we had a, the, the next six-man was Master Wado, and Tenkozi, which is Hiroshi Tanzan and Satoshi Kojima, defeated the Suzuki Goon team of El Desperado, the junior heavyweight champion, and Kanamura and Taka Michinuko. When Master Wado submitted the IWGP junior heavyweight champion, El Desperado, at the 9 minute and 23 second mark. Did not see that coming. No, but that's going to set up a nice little yeah. uh, match between Master Wado and El Desperado, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Next up in the final pre show match. The Los Ingredables de Japón team of Shingo Tagagi, Bushi, and Hamuro Takahashi defeated the Suzuki Goon team of Tai Chi, Zack Sabre Jr., and Doki in 10 minutes and 28 seconds. This was a really good six-man match. These are all stars who were on the first night that all came up short. Still getting a spot here in the six-man tag. Shingo Tagagi gets his first victory after losing the IWGP World Heavyweight Ta- uh, Championship. And Tai Chi's slipping even further into his depression. Yeah, a solid match overall. And yeah, like you talk about Tai Chi, I don't know what's going on there. So we have our first match of the main card of night two for in a three-way tag team match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Your champions, the Flying Tiger, Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask, uh, defeated the Mega Coaches, Taguchi and Rocky Romero, and the Bullet Club's cutest team, Taiji Ishimori and El Phantasmo, in 12 minutes and 7 seconds. And finally, they caught El Phantasmo in the loaded boot in this match, which got him disqualified. The Bullet Club team disqualified. So it was a one-on-one match for half the match. Mm. And the champs retained. Solid match. Yeah, and I like the story. They finally yeah. paid off to, uh, after a year of El Phantasmo using a loaded boot, they finally caught him in the act. Next up, we had a very special, and for the first time, well, in the first time since it's been called Wrestle Kingdom, by the mm. way, not since the first time the, the Dome show, but the first time since it's been called Wrestle Kingdom, on the main card, we had a stardom exhibition match. That, of course, is the women in, 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 in Japan, because they do not, New Japan does not have a women's division. Mm-hmm. Stardom is the largest women's division in Japan, and they partner with New Japan, but they were at the Dome, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, the team of Tom Nakano and Saya Kamatani defeated Mayu Iowatani and Starlight Kid in 9 minutes and 14 seconds. Very good match, by the way. Very good match. Very cool to see, too. Yes. Next up was the four-way match for the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2022 trophy, which somehow Toriyanu always finds himself around it. So doesn't Chase Owens. Mm. But Chase Owens, Sima, and Toriyanu all fell short because Minoru Suzuki in 6 minutes and 8 seconds is all he needed via pinfall to become the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2022 trophy winner. No shock here. Next up, we had a six-man tag team match for the never open weight titles. Your champions, House of Torture, Evil, Yujiro Takahashi, and Sho defeated the chaos team of the IWGP, new IWGP tag team champions, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, and Yo in nine minutes and 37 seconds. Once again, because of... Interference by Dick Togo. House of Torture does a great job of playing the numbers advantage. Yes, they do. 
Playing the heel numbers is always a key thing here, and they do it very well. Now is where we built up to the evening to having the matches and the great matches of probably the entire weekend, and these matches meant a lot. First of all, in the first of the three main, uh, three singles matches that had no titles on the line, well, no, well, one of them has a title on the line, I should say. We had Sonata defeat the Great Okan in 13 minutes and 21 seconds. We got to see a little bit of the future of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and boy, is the future bright with these two gentlemen. Absolutely. Great way to showcase the future talent of the of New Japan. Absolutely. Next up, we had uh, the uh, leader of Los Signores of Home, Tetsuo Naito, defeated Jeff Cobb in 15 minutes and 34 seconds. This was a hard-fought, hard battle match, but the veteran Naito who has been working over the knee of Jeff Cobb for some time in the weeks and months coming into this match, finally worked over the knee enough that Cobb could not no longer throw Naito around, and then we got to see Destino for the win. Yeah, this has been some smart storytelling. And, and I mean, Naito, you know is even money. This killed me seeing Jeff Cobb lose because that's one of my favorites right there. I'm a big Naito fan. Jeff Cobb, though, with the mind games, doing the uh, the tranquilo in the ring, and yeah. he'd been doing it the day before. Coming into this match, and they looked, and, and, and the old dog showed him some new stuff. Yes. Next up, we had a no disqualification match for the IWGP United States Champion, your champion Kenta, defending against the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi. This match got 22 minutes and 40 seconds. At the end of the day, and your new IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi, via a 20 foot splash through a table. Yeah, this spot was wild. Oh, it was a crazy spot. There's crazy spots all match long. Both of these guys took it there. Very violent match, uncharacteristically violent for the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. But Kenta said he was going to take him there if he had to, if he wanted to win. And the ace took it there. And for the first time in his uh, career, he said, I was going to do heel things, and he did. Yeah. Definitely a change of pace than what we've normally seen. But, man, fucking great match. Next up. And finally, in the main event of the evening for the undisputed IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, your champion from the night before who defeated Shingo, Kazuchika Okada, defending against the man who still claimed to be and has a rightful claim to be the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion and Will Ospreay because he was never beat for the belt. These two men got 32 minutes and 52 seconds and it was a classic five-star match Match of the night, the main event we all expected. It was mm -hmm. a little off because of the crowd, but obviously the crowd didn't. But that didn't stop the fact that these two men told a beautiful story in the ring, Facts. reminding a lot of people of Okada versus Omega. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, though, Will Osprey falls prey to the Rainmaker as the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, starts out the year of 2022 as your undisputed IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. It is also the 50th anniversary year of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Obviously, they want to go with their ace. Yeah, this one definitely told a fantastic story. Great match, as you were going to expect from these two. There is no question this is going to be a classic. And very, very telling that they're going to kick off with Okada being the face of New Japan going into the 50th anniversary. Absolutely. Well, with that being said, uh, my takeaways for both nights, very good wrestling. Always a great time to watch. Wrestle Kingdom, I enjoyed both nights. Uh, my only real problems, set aside the the fans because they had no choice, mm -hmm. but yeah, sure. uh, 
My only real problems with both nights is that I really felt like this was a good time to showcase the future of the company. New Japan likes to follow the four pillar, if you will, philosophy. Mm -hmm. That's where a lot of people get it from, including AEW. They like to follow. But in, in, in New Japan, four of the four pillars are the four top people. It comes from the four musketeers, what they did back in the day. And they've had a lot of success doing four guys on top. And it's a revolution through the main event. And then guys peek in and peek out. But there's always four guys at the top. And three of the four guys are featured in these last three matches. With Tetsuyo Naito, the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi, and the Rainmaker Kazushika Okada. The fourth spot has actually been in flux for a while since Kenny Omega left. Mm. We've seen Jay White briefly in that spot. We've seen Will Ospreay briefly in that spot. We've seen Shingo Tagagi briefly in that spot. We saw Evil briefly in that spot. But it's an ever-fluctuating spot, believe it or not, which is unusual for them because usually it's solid. My problem is, is this is a perfect time not to break away from that because I like this idea, but this is a perfect time to start infusing some youth in there. And by youth, Sonata is ready. And he's a guy that we all know is going to be in one of those spots. So why, you know, yes, he won his match against Great Okan, but at the end of the night, the guy challenging Okada is Tetsuo Naito again. And I understand Naito has promised that next year he's going to walk into, uh, he's in the 50th year, he's going to win the belt and he's going to walk into Wrestle Kingdom next year as champion. But, and I understand he's still one of the pop, most popular stars in the world. I'm, I'm one of the people who love Naito. But why aren't we giving a little more of a rub to Sonata? Kenta is not a young guy, and it's fine. It doesn't matter how young or old he is. Yeah, I think it's time that the ace starts to think about the pasture. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. The ace doesn't look the same anymore. No, he definitely looks old. And even though he had a great match, you know, a lot of that was on Kenta. Mm -hmm. So why aren't we trying to fucking weasel the ace into almost into the retirement, into the, hey, you know, come and do the special matches, be the special attraction guy. And, and, and maybe place Kenta in that spot. But instead, we're going back with the ace. And, and last but not least, Okada. I think it was a perfect opportunity for Will Ospreay to be champion and to have this heel champion in this 50th anniversary and really have a really deep story of a guy who doesn't necessarily have the respect of the New Japan Pro Wrestling people or anybody else in that matter. As the person who's holding your company hostage in, in the 50th year, I think that would have been better, but they go back to their old revisionists. They are the place where, you know, for better or for worse, when we talk about babyface champions, they're like the, that's where the Hulk Hogan philosophy comes from is New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting for the play on this and to touch upon the four pillars. Yeah, I agree. If, when they're going through the 50th year, unless they're planning on doing something along the lines of, this is what they're going to try selling to the, the international audience because we do know they're expanding to America and they're trying to get into the American audience. That's the only reason I could figure they were going back to it. But I do agree with you. I think this has been a perfect time to start getting an influx of your young talent and really let them showcase. And I mean, I know we're not going to talk about it in depth on night three. The results are out there, obviously, uh, because we haven't really watched it yet. I'm going to wait till I have to give my honest opinion. But when you go into which matches New Japan won out of the marquee matches, because they did a good job of kind of splitting it, mm -hmm. the matches they won were the ones that had those old four pillars in it, including your main event featured the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, as it should, Kazuchika Okada, but he tagged with the IWGP United States Champion, the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah. To take on Keiji Muda, one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kaido Kiyomoya. 
Yeah, it's puzzling. And of course, the other one that was the the big ten man tag that everybody's talking about. Los Ingrenables de Japón of Naito, Shingo, Sanada, Bushi, and Takahashi took on Congo, which is the big group over in, in Noah. Noah. And of course, there was a lot of shit talk in there because because uh, Congo uh, holds the title. The Noah title, the Pro Wrestling Noah belt, mm-hmm. and it was going to be champion versus champion, but Shingo couldn't hold the belt. Yeah. But still, and spoiler alert here in a little bit, because I said I was going to go over because I haven't seen it yet, Shingo is on the winning side. Yeah. Little interesting to me. I Like I said, I don't quite grasp it. I thought they could have done something to make the roster a little young and feel a little different and they just didn't but that's a new japan thing overall i'm still happy with it i just those are my takeaways no i'm with you on that like i say it makes a lot of sense and you figure for the 50th year it'd been time to look at the future instead of just going through the same old with the past not that the past is bad but this would have been a prime time to really elevate some stars so kind of puzzling for where there appears to be going Absolutely, but you know we'll see what they're doing as they go on because of course we're going to be keeping our eyes completely and utterly on all of this because trust me uh i love some new japan strong is great if you haven't been watching it all this new japan action like i said ngbwworld.com is the best place to get it 999 yen don't be scared off it's only a little over nine dollars american and you can get all the action in english is an option on njpwworld.com with that being said, we're going to take our first break of the show. You're going to hear the theme song to the Three Fat Nerds podcast called Fail Better by our good friends Shout Out the Robots. Uh, if you're watching on stream, you're going to see the information for the ODPH podcast. I'm going to dig deep, find some more uh, fortitude, if you will, and I'm going to go ahead and we're going to come back and talk about Hard to Kill, the impact pay-per-view that went down this past week. And we're going to talk about a couple news items out of WWE and uh, AEW. And, of course, in the main event of the show, we'll be talking about GCW's big wrestling card coming up on the road to World on GCW at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City on January 23rd. But this upcoming weekend, they'll be in Detroit City and Chicago, Illinois. All that and more when we come back from this break. back from the break and we're going to open up by talking about some impact wrestling as impact hard to kill went down this past weekend on saturday night uh you can get the pay-per-view on fight.tv replay is available as well currently Mm -hmm. and this was a pleasant surprise as a great wrestling card (coughs) 
Impact always does solid work on pay-per-views. True. Uh, first off, on the uh, countdown to Hard to Kill, uh, we got Madman Fulton taking on Jake something. Now that's a big hoss fest right there. Oh, yeah. That's two big meaty men slapping meat, as they say. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jake something defeated Madman Fulton with a black hole slam. Right on. Uh, now we're getting into Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green are always ready for their huge opportunities tonight at Cardona prepares to challenge for the impact world title and green gets set to compete in the first ever knockouts ultimate X. Uh, so we had a, a great little thing going on before the next match, which was a showcase of the breathtaking X division as we had Ace Austin taking on Laredo kid, taking on bullet clubs, Chris Bay taking on speedball, Mike Bailey, making his first contractual Appearance for Impact Pro Wrestling. How crazy was this match? Yes. Well, Speedball Mike Bailey also comes out of the back with a draw-dropping shooting star. Knee drop to Austin, Ace Austin, for the three count to win the bout. Showing why he's the talk of the internet and uh, added to the shows. This uh, One of the shows this upcoming weekend for GCW. Yeah, if you haven't seen Speedball wrestle, he is freaking fantastic. All right. Well, let's dive right into the main card of the event. The first match right out of the gates was the first ever knockouts ultimate X match. Chelsea Green versus Tasha Steeles versus Lady Frost versus the digital media champion Jordan Grace versus Alicia versus Rosemary. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. What can you say? And they opened up and did not disappoint. These women tore this place down. Lady Frost moonsault from the pillar where the X was hanging. Holy shit. Trust to the floor, baby. Yep. Steals and green. uh, After that, Steals and green race towards the X, but Steals gains control and secures it to win. So Stasha Steals wins the ultimate X. First ever women's knockouts ultimate X match. Absolutely great match. Great showcase of the knockouts division. I thought it was great. I thought all these, uh, the women involved were very fucking good in this match, and I cannot complain at all. Yes. Next up, we had an X-Division championship match. The X-Division champion, Trey Miguel, defending against Steve Macklin. And once again, we had another one of these great, phenomenal matches. You know, the thing about Steve Macklin, which is kind of blowing my mind a little bit, the chemistry he has with Trey Miguel and being in that X-Division is just really showcasing... Or I think WWE really made a mistake by letting him go because this whole persona he's doing in Impact is absolutely crushing it right now. The end of the match saw Miguel hit a meteor off the apron to the floor, causing Macklin's head to collide with the guardrail. Back in the ring, Miguel hits another meteor, but Macklin somehow kicked out at two, so Miguel follows up with yet another meteor. That's three, including one to the floor, and finally successfully scores the pin, and still your X-Division champion, Trey Miguel. Yeah, Trey Miguel is absolutely killing it right now as champ. Absolutely. Next up, we had the Ring of Honor World Championship on the line in a pure rules match. Your champion, Jonathan Gresham, defending against Chris Sabin. By the way, Ian Riccoboni and Bobby Cruz joined the broadcast team to call the action. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got a classic ROH uh, back and forth here. Jonathan Gresham, easily... One of, if not the best wrestler on the planet. Yes, and he's and, still your Ring of Honor World Champion, just spoiling it there. Yeah, and him and, him and Saban put on a clinic. Great match. Can't wait to see more from Jonathan Gresham. Mm-hmm. Next up, we had Jonah going up against one-on-one against 
the lethal weapon himself, Josh Alexander, your former Impact champion. Yeah. And guess what? He shows why he's the baddest man with via the ankle lock. He taps Jonah, and Josh Alexander's your winner. This was extremely brutal. The walking weapon is exactly that. If you're not sold on Josh Alexander, I don't know what to tell you. This guy is an absolute star. Next up, we have the Impact World Tag Team Championships on the line. Your champions coming in, the Good Brothers, Doc Giles and Carl Anderson, taking on Violent by Design, Eric Young, Joe Doring, and Diener, and also the team of Eddie Edwards, Rich Swan, Willie Mack, and Heath, and Rhino in a hardcore war. Yeah, this one was a little out of control, to say the least, but you expect it with everybody involved. We call it a fucking clusterfuck. Yep. By the way, Heath, Rhino, Rich Swan, Willie Mack, and Eddie Edwards defeated Impact World Tag Team Champions, the Good Brothers, and Violent by Design to walk out victorious. Yeah, this, but this wasn't the biggest takeaway from this the match, though. What is your biggest takeaway? I thought that this was just a really good showcase of what Impact is all about because you had such a different mix of styles all getting in there and just absolutely tearing the roof off the place. Very good, very good. You even had a Dallas Cowboys helmet come into play. Yeah. Next up, we had Impact World Championship match. Moose. Oh, sorry. I forgot the biggest part. After that match, mm-hmm. after that clusterfuck, the Ring of Honor stars Mike Bennett, Maria Canales, Matt Taven, Vincent, and PCO invade the ring, laying out the victors of the hardcore war in a brutal assault with a Ring of Honor infiltration. So if we want to talk the real forbidden door, Impact Wrestling is that. They bring in everybody. They're utilizing everybody on their show. And this is a great way to keep Ring of Honor hot on the name of wrestling fans all over the place. Because obviously we know they're not coming back till Supercard in mm-hmm. April. Yeah. So keeping them on television and setting up an invasion angle, this was done perfectly. And like I say, this is a great showcase to mix with Impact's top stars. With some of the best stars of Ring of Honor, like seeing OGK come in there. Oh, take my money now. I agree. Awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff. Can't wait to see more. Of course, then the main event of the evening for the Impact World Championship, your champion Moose, defending against Matt Cardona and W. Morrissey in a triple threat match. This match gave us everything we thought it was going to give us. Uh, excitement back and forth. The two big guys doing big man things. Uh, the, lots of ref bumps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the end of the day, though, Moose hits a spear on Cardona as the first referee recovered in the match for the 1-2-3 and still the Impact World Champion, Moose. Yeah, nothing really super shocking here. Solid work by everybody involved. But that's why you knew what you are getting with this main event, so it didn't disappoint by any stretch of the imagination. I forgot it was not the main event. I misspoke. No, no, there was a big the main, main event. event was for the Knockouts World Championship, and it was contested in a Texas death match. Holy shit. This Your match. champion, Mickey James, versus the virtuosa, Diana Parasso. And of course, at the end of, well, I'll let you talk about the match, but at the end of the day, and still your Knockouts World Champion, Mickey James. This lived up absolutely to the billing. This was absolutely brutal. This was an s- extreme match. And this showcases what the Knockouts division is all about. Mickey James retaining, I was surprised at. I thought Diana Parasso was definitely going to come home with the belt, but Mickey pulled it off. Absolutely. And uh, overall, great card of wrestling action. A lot of people talking about how this is the best wrestling of the early year in campaign. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to see more from Impact Wrestling kicking off the year strong. 
Can't wait for where they go from here. Yes. Well, speaking of the uh, Impact Knockouts champion, Mickey James, it was announced this week that Mickey James will be contesting and contending, sorry, in the WWE's Women's Royal Rumble this year. Yeah. They even named her as the Impact Knockouts champion when making the announcement. How do you feel about this? Super shocked, to be honest with you about this. I thought it was just a miscue by Pat McAfee when he announced it, but the minute the tweet came out, is WWE really doing the forbidden door? It looks as such, and it has been confirmed as such, and it was shocking to me because, of course, we had the trash bag mm-hmm. incident with Mickey James and a lot of bad blood, if you will, but still putting this aside as the Knockouts champion will compete in a WWE ring for the Royal Rumble this year. Big move for Impact, so congratulations to them on this one. And God knows who else we may be able to see with this forbidden door. However, that brings us to the bad news in World Wrestling Entertainment. And World Wrestling Entertainment once again did a round of firings, Mm -hmm. which included more of Triple H's guys. That's right, I said it on purpose. Including, shockingly enough, William Regal, Mm -hmm. The Road Dog, and Samoa Joe, amongst others. I'm just saying they were the most notable. Yeah. So I think it's very clear and evident was perception is reality, folks. Triple H's legacy is getting wiped away like a Thanos snap. I don't know what's causing this, but proof is right there. Everything Triple H built with NXT is gone. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if the rumors and innuendos are true that are out there. But uh, yeah, it it appears that they are just just erasing everything Triple H ever did. And it's only a matter of time, in my opinion, now before Triple H is no longer with World Wrestling Entertainment, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, if he gets released for where he leaves the company, all bets are off about what is going to happen next. No, though I will say uh, the, the dumbest thing they could have done is fired his whole inner circle mm-hmm. prior to letting him go if that is, in fact, going to happen. Yeah. I'm not going to dive too much more into that speculation because, you know, that's still a building story. But, you know, uh, releases from WWE no longer fucking surprise me and it no longer really affects me. I mean, I don't like seeing people lose their jobs. Right. But let's be honest, we've gone through so damn many of them. It's like damn near 100 people at this point in juncture. It's kind of like whatever. Yeah. It's just another fucking day, unfortunately. Speaking of which, uh, they're not the only company who is not re-employing people, as we've now found out that uh, one Marco Stunt will not be renewing his contract with uh, Ollie Wrestling. No real surprise there. I mean, first and foremost, he's putting on his best work in GCW, so hopefully we'll see him show up there. But secondly, he really hasn't done too much except be the sidekick for Jurassic Express, but they've already kind of filled his spot with Christian Cage. It's kind of a weird dynamic. The only other thing of note I want to mention about all the wrestling before we move on in this uh, uh, in this segment is that um, I did not tune in to Battle for the Belts. Instead, mm-hmm. I spent the evening with my wife. Way better decision because we were told that these were going to be these big events on TNT, and it was a one-hour pretty much rampage. Yeah. And I want to make clear that I'm not just shitting on it because matches got canceled because of exposures and so on and so forth. Because God knows I understand this completely, how it'll shake up your your, your world. Mm-hmm. However, if this is supposed to be like a big feel Clash of the Champions type thing, I don't think that's what we got. No, definitely didn't get that. 
I, I don't know. Do you think that there's something they could do to correct this in the future? Or? Well, I think if this is really going to be a special that you really want to hype up on a different network, because let's face it, Dynamite's on TBS now. Rampage is still on TNT. But if you're really trying to make, make this into an event, make it into an event. But when you've already kind of had the same storylines going and you're, it, I'm sorry, trying to sell a title match for the FTW title, which you haven't done anything with in months, is not something that makes me want to tune in. So I think if you're going to go really big, do a special pay-per-view-esque event to our show and really give the fans something to sink their teeth into. I agree. I agree. I just didn't think that that was the one, man. No. <laughs> Hopefully it gets corrected in the future, but uh, if it's just going to be glorified rampages, that's not destination television for anybody. Mm-hmm. You're doing a better job and doing the specials for dynamites. Yeah. But that's going to take us out of the mid card, and uh, now we're going to jump on in to our final break. You're going to hear uh, some music from Floodlands. As a matter of fact, we're just going to play the theme song to this show because I don't think we play enough of it. We just play like that beginning little clip of it. True. And uh, that's our good friends, Floodlands. Make sure you check it out. It's called Ruins. Uh, you're going to see the information for the Three Fat Nerds podcast. When we come back from the break of a speed through, run through, because my life is in shambles episode of 607 TWS, uh, we are going to deal with the gigantic GCW weekend coming up, especially because it is now the road to World on GCW at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City on January 23rd. And we also have, more importantly, we have some more news about the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame mm-hmm. show going down the night before as well. You're going to want to stay tuned for all of that when we come back for the main event of this show. event of this super speedy edition of 607 TWS and I'll say first of all I apologize for that but uh, I'm very tired I am very frustrated and uh, yeah I mean I'll be fine so don't don't send fucking (laughs) notes out but I'll be fine there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that we're not going to get into so we are just trying to make sure we give you this content for this week and trust us we'll come back Stronger next week. That's correct. Thank you. Thank yes. you for that. So I just wanted to let everybody know I am fine. I'm just 
It's a it's a very frustrating time. I got everything out. I faked it through the Three Fat Nerds podcast, and I can see the finish line. Uh, just know that I, I have some things going on, and then next week we'll be back to our normal selves. Yeah, positive thoughts and energy, but yeah, we're going to just power through the show. Definitely hit us up on the social media. We'll definitely be interacting with everybody this week. So Thank you, and thank you for understanding, Ken, because you didn't know about this. Well, you knew about some of it right. before coming in, so I just wanted to get that out of the way. No, no problem, brother. With that being said, though, first off, let's start with the news before we jump into what's going down this weekend for GCW, because the GCW is, of course, in the main event again, and people are always like, why do you guys do GCW in the main event? That's what the detractors say. We do GCW in the main event all the time because they deserve to be in the fucking main event. Facts. They're putting on the best wrestling shows on the planet Earth currently. Uh, you can have your own opinions and think AEW does that or WWE does that. That's fine. There's a million and a half fucking podcasts and streams you can listen to that suck the dick of Tony Khan and anybody else. I'm just going to throw it out there. If you don't like it, go go follow one of them. Quite frankly, this is one of those weeks where I'll just give you that. Because uh, a lot of people love it. And for those people, we appreciate you. If you don't like it, fucking suck it. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, adding absolutely nothing. Go hear about rumors and fucking bullshit TV ratings and suck the dick at Dave Meltzer and everybody else. So fuck you. And uh, that's shots fired at the people that uh, you know who the fuck you are. Because mm-hmm. I won't even mention you because you're fucking lower than shit. Go keep getting an internet fights with insignificant people. Congratulations. There it is. Now the fire's back. Let's go. So let's let's talk about important news. Yes. And that, of course, is the night before GCW, uh, the world on GCW, which has only got two matches announced so far. Yeah. Only two matches. I like that, though. Which is fine. I, I'm, 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 well, we have a whole big weekend, so yeah. I'm assuming we're going to put more together. Brother, brother, brother. Mm-hmm. But, but the night before, we have the inaugural uh, wrestling, independent wrestling hall of fame. Yes. And we have, you know, Ruckus is going to be indicted. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, of course, uh, Homicide being inducted. Mm-hmm. We have Dave Prezak being inducted, because we're going to come back to him. Don't worry. Just right. Give me a second. We have uh, the legendary Tracy Smothers being inducted in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame this year. And just added this week, we have legendary female wrestler Lou Fisto yeah, being inducted. Yeah, that's a huge move right there. But, but, we've been talking about this for months. And uh, we'll take a victory lap here because the rumors and innuendo that we were privy to, that we kind of heard some stuff on a serious note, and that's why we let it go out there, have now been 100% confirmed mm-hmm. as Dave Prezak is going to be inducted into the inaugural class of the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame by none other than Pepsi Man himself, CM Punk, on January 22nd. So... Congratulations to Dave Prezak for getting inog- uh, uh, being inducted. And uh, for those of you who got those tickets, lucky you. Yes. For the people who thought, that, oh, man, I don't know if they are not enough people. <laughs> yeah. uh, we told you it was going down. It's going down for real. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the huge GCW weekend coming up this weekend. Of course, you can watch all the action on Fight.TV. Uh, starting, of course, on the 14th of January, which is this Friday. Um, I have to get back. I do not know if this is 8 p.m. Eastern time or 8 p.m. Central time. Last time they believe they went Central. Last time they did go Central. But it's Fight.TV and GCW will give you two different times until the day of, which is weird. So yeah. just so you guys know, 
If you're on the East Coast, it might be 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. or it might be 8. Check back later in the week. Keep your eyes posted to our social media and, of course, Game Changer Wrestling social media as that will be confirmed. It's weird how they mix up their times all the time. Just want to throw that out there. But the first event is coming to you on that Friday from Harpo's Theater, the legendary Harpo's yeah, Theater in Detroit, for Michigan, for GCW's most notorious. This is a stacked fucking card. Hell yeah. First of all, here's the announced matches thus far. Singles match. Alex Shelley versus Jimmy Jacobs. Sign me up, man. This is going to be... And you're, this is probably going to kick off the show, too. Matthew Justice versus Atticus Coger. Not for the squeamish. Somebody is going to get really fucked up in this one. I'm here for that. Rich Swan versus Leon Ruff. This is going to be a great match. I'm super excited about this one. And in a tag team battle, the team of Two Cold Scorpio and Ricky Morton taking on Bussy, Alley, Catch, and Effie. Only in GCW. Hell yeah. Also, there will be a GCW ultra-violent title match as your champion, Alex Cologne, will be defending it against Hoodfoot. This is going to be absolutely brutal. But, but, part of the interesting news that went down this week is that a la WrestleMania 8, the bad boy Joey Janela gave Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green the perfect wedding gift after the wedding. Mm-hmm. It was a package that Matt Cardona opened on a stream that featured f- pictures of Joey Janela with Chelsea Green. Yeah. A la Ric Flair. With Miss Elizabeth, WrestleMania 8 style. Only Joey Janela can come up with this. Only. And this started a little internet stirring because, Mm -hmm. of course, Matt Cardona, he doesn't know what to believe. Chelsea Green says they're fake. Bad boy Joey Janela says they're real. Not only that, he pointed out the photographer is Nasty Leroy Mm -hmm. and said that if they want to find out how real they are, there's a video. Mm Hmm. Cardona then, after quitting GCW, remember? He quit. Yes, he quit. He was done. He said he was, t- he was he lost his smile. He was going home. He then asked. He, he demanded that GCW give him the bad boy Joey Janela. Then he said, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. I'm going to be showing up to Detroit and Chicago this weekend. And I'm going to get my hands on Joey Janela. But Brett Lauderdale hmm. says, listen, you quit. This is my promotion. You don't make matches, but I'll tell you what, you're going to show up in Detroit, Matt Cardona in Detroit. You're going to go one-on-one with Detroit's own, the man beast Rhino. Hells yes. This is going to be a great match. I also want to point out that Sabu and big sexy Kevin Nash will both be in the house amongst the other stars of GCW who are not yet announced in matches. Is Kevin Nash coming out with Alex Shelley though? I hope so. Oh, but that's what I'm looking for on this one. He is going to be in the his house. Yes. You know that for a fact, we are going to see Big Sexy himself. And what a like what a co-sign on GCW. Not that it needed it, but when you have all these legends coming in and only GCW puts on these kind of cards, what a feather in their cap. The next night, Saturday, January 15th, my birthday, so it's near and dear in my heart. We'll be back on Fight.tv, only this time from the Hoffman Estates in Chicagoland. For GCW's Say You Will. Mm -hmm. So second night, night one in Detroit, night two, night two in Chicago, 
And this is another stacked fucking card. On the road to World on GCW, we got a lot up in the air. Mm -hmm. Got a lot up in the air. A lot of things going on. We're going to speculate in a minute about World on GCW, don't worry. But let's before that, let's talk about a singles match. We got Chicago's own Smiley Kylie Ray going one-on-one with Allie Catch. Never doubt Allie Catch. Never. I'm sure that the GCW Extreme Championship will be on the line as PCO toes one-on-one with the motherfucking truth, AJ Gray. Wear a mouth guard watching this match because this is going to be hard-hitting as fuck. Speedball Mike Bailey makes his GCW debut, and he goes one-on-one with GCW favorite and wrestling's number one asshole, Tony Deppin. How great is this match? It's a great match. How great. This is one of my picks of match of the night. I am with you right there. Match of both nights, even, possibly. Built this city. But that could possibly be different because in a weird twist of events, one of the matches announced and confirmed for the Hammerstein Ballroom is the one and only Ring of Honor World Champion, Jonathan Gresham, defending Mm. the title against Blake Christian. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Yes. But, but, in Chicago, Blake Christian will take on the man who never lost the Ring of Honor World Championship, Bandito. Now, there is no confirmation if that belt is on the line here. But can you imagine... If Blake Christian beats Bandito, whether the belt's on the line or not, that in defecto makes him Ring of Honor World Champion, and we could crown the undisputed champion at the Hammerstein Ballroom on the 23rd. I think you have to. I I, I don't see how you couldn't. But that is a very interesting thing, and that's going to happen. Now, going back. Now, by the way, Jonathan Gresham is in the house mm-hmm. because he'll be defending the Ring of Honor World title against two cold Scorpio in Chicago. Oh, Sign me up. So both Blake Christian and two and and Jonathan Gresham are in action. I see the whole b- belt standing off with belt at the end of that night. Well, you know, here's the good thing about it. Uh, of course, uh, we got Terminus right around the corner as well. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Gresham's company, and they got a stack card. Can't oh wait! My to, can't God, wait God. for that event. Here we go, because we'll we'll talk about that in a second as well. Here we go. Remember, we just talked about Matt Cardona. Mm-hmm. We talked about Brett said, "Yeah, you don't make matches around here." Well, once again. Cardona still coming to Chicago. He wants to get his hands on the bad boy. Instead, he's going to get his hands on legend, the legend, the rock and roll expresser himself, Ricky Morton. Only in GCW. Only. And in a match where listening to things, John Wayne Murdoch, after his loss to Alex Cologne, has been putting challenges out there. One of the things he said is, hey, myself, and Reed Bentley, former GCW Tag Team Champions back in the day, the Rejects, we never got a rematch. So we asked for a rematch, and Brett kind of was like, I don't know. Well, the call's been answered. So for the GCW World Tag Team Championships, the Rejects will get their rematch, only they're going to go up against them boys, the Briscoes, for those belts Ooh, in Chicago. Get ready. Holy crap, I did not realize this match was going down. That is right. It is made. It is It is signed, sealed, and delivered. But we have one more thing to be to note. Jeff Jarrett will be coming to Chicagoland for his first appearance after his appearance in Atlantic City where he alcabonged Effie. Effie says he's not going to please the clout vampires anymore. So he will not be fighting him. Here's a better thing. 
Effie isn't even on the event because Effie will be wrestling Dalton Castle for another promotion on the same night. Hmm. So, what does that leave for Jeff Jarrett? Where does that leave the Hammerstein for Effie, who is in fact fine? Well, could we hear whom the bell tolls? You never know, but I, 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 I'm, I'm just really, really, really confused about this. Because the only thing I would say, if she wasn't already booked, I could see this match happening is Alley Catch versus Jeff Jarrett, or Alley Catch confronting Jeff. Yes. So that still might happen, but this is a real puzzling thing, because if Effie's not in the building, unless they do a little video vignette type deal, everything's all bets are off well this is the last weekend because the following sunday all roads will finally lead to the hammerstein ballroom and world on gcw on the 23rd of january like i said we only have a couple matches announced Mm -hmm. however i feel like between detroit and chicago land we are going to find out the rest of this card pretty much by story yeah i'm gonna go on a limb and say unfortunately i think the clout vampire is gonna get what he wants i think jeff jarrett will meet effie at the Hammerstein Ballroom. I agree. I think it's going to happen. Not that it's a bad thing. Yeah. Also, I'm going to go on the limb and say that the bad boy Joey Janela will go a one-on-one with Matt Cardona. Oh, that's at the Hammerstein Ballroom. That's a lock. I'm going to go even further, Ken M. Okay. I feel like Chicago Land is where it's finally going to happen. FTR will answer the challenge. And in the Hammerstein Ballroom, we will have the FTR versus the Briscoes. Oh, give it to me. It's, it's, it's got to happen sooner than later. Those are my bold predictions for this upcoming weekend going in to the world on GCW. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some definite storytellings. I want to kind of see how it shakes out with Atticus Kogar. I'm very curious to see who he takes on. Will we see Nick Gage come back? Which I gotta imagine we will see him no later than Hammerstein. I can't. I cannot see him. Will we see the return of John Moxley this week? Obviously, we know the belt is. I mean, it's not been confirmed and said, but I mean, it was alluded that Homicide would be getting the shot at John Moxley at the Hammerstein. One would have to think so, but it's not been set in stone yet. Ooh, I just thought of something. What if we get Atticus Kogar versus Ricky Shane Page at the Hammerstein? Yeah, sure. That's a possibility. Also, you got to remember this week, Atticus Coger did put out that cryptic tweet where he uh, had the picture of uh, Homicide. He said, hey, D, congratulations. It would be a shame if somebody ruined that shot for you. Yeah, because Homicide's not scheduled to be uh, wrestling in Detroit and Chicago, correct? Um, No, not as far as I know. So but That let, could change. Right, right. But just as, as we're recording, though. As we're recording. As of so recording. Unless something happens between point A and point B, or unless they really want to do some crazy storytelling at the Hall of Fame show. They could do that, too, because remember, Homicide is going in to yeah. the inaugural class the night before. And would it be? And how much would the best heel in the business right now get heel heat than ruining that? I'm just saying. Uh, just saying possible. It could be happening. It could be going down for real, folks. Yes. But that's not the end of wrestling for the weekend. Because we got another card to talk about. Hmm. January 16th on Fight.TV. Live from Atlanta, Georgia at the mm-hmm. Salvation Army K-Rock Atlanta. Terminus. We are going to get the debut show of uh, Jonathan Gresham's new project, Terminus, 
Modern Age Grappling. Can't wait to see this. I can't wait to see this, but this is the the most stacked card you are going to hear. Ready for the card? Yeah, let's do it. In a singles match, we have Eliza Hall versus Janai Kai. Okay. Next up for the Impact Digital Media media title, Jordan Grace will go one-on-one with Kiera Hogan. That would be a great match. In a Terminal Eliminator four-way match, we have Invictus Cash versus JDX versus Daniel Garcia versus Adam Priest. Ooh, that will be a solid match. In a singles match, we will have Bandito versus Baron Black. Ooh. <laughs> In a tag team extravaganza, we will have Fred Yehi and Hot Sauce Tracy Williams take on the team of Dante Calab- Caballero sorry, and Joe Keys. Okay. In a singles match, we will have, by non-title by the way, but singles match, Mike Bennett versus the Impact World Champion Moose. Okay. That's a solid match. Also in a singles match, we will have franchise of Ring of Honor, Jay Lethal, going one-on-one with Tiger Style, Lee oh, Moriarty. Give that to me. Can't get enough Tiger Style. And in the main event of the evening, and probably his biggest threat before World on GCW, the following Sunday. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Gresham will be defending the Ring of Honor world title in a pure rules match against the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. Ooh, could you imagine if there's an upset? And what if it's Josh Alexander versus Blake Christian? But do you call that an upset? I call this as one of the best equally based wrestling matches you'll see all year. Oh, I'll give you that. But I'm saying just an upset because everybody's banking on Gresham to go to Hammerstein. Like, what if Josh Alexander walks in instead? You never know. Here's another thing. You know what looms over everybody's head? Uh, EC3. Mm. EC3 has made some comments that he might be showing up at Terminus with his group. That would be something. So the narrative could be written for Terminus on its first card. Be a hell of a power play. I'm going to throw it out there. This is going to, if you are a wrestling fan, Sunday, 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 make sure you're sitting down in front of your TV on fight.tv watching Terminus. If you are in the Atlanta, Georgia area, I know it's not sold out quite yet. Tickets are limited. Mm-hmm. I'd say if I was in anywhere near Atlanta, I would be going to this event in person. Yeah, this is a no brainer. This first event, it is a loaded card. You're going to see some of the best wrestling on the planet. We don't know all the rules. We don't know the gimmicks, if you will. Or any of that stuff for Terminus. We just know it's being ran by the best professional wrestler in the world. Mm-hmm. Technical professional wrestler in the world, you should say. And it's got it's a loaded fucking card. Yeah, you can't beat this. I mean, Lethal versus Moriarty. That's Bennett a, versus Moose. There's a match of the year candidates right now. We got, I, I know it's early, but still. We got two titles on the line, yeah. including an in, the Impact Digital Media title. Yeah, don't sleep on that match. Not to mention... The Ring of Honor world title? Yeah. And possibly the highest profile defense that he's had, with the exception of the announced defense against Blake Christian at World on GCW on the 23rd, which is a week from then? Yeah. It could be Josh Alexander entering the Hammerstein Ballroom. Remember, the, the match is for the Ring of Honor world title. Yeah, I mean, anything is possible, so... The belt's on the line, so if I'm assuming if Christian loses, it's Alexander versus Christian at Hammerstein. 
Yeah. And what a curveball that would be. Also, you're getting ready to go in this big fight against a kid in Blake Christian who has a lot to prove. He said he's going to be proved everybody's the best in the world. He's doing a great job of it. Mm-hmm. And you could get injured against the walking weapon the week before? That's why he's a fighting champion and one of the best out there right now. I mean, this is not a slouch match. No, this is probably, no. I'm telling you, him and Josh Alexander is going to be uh, one of the matches, of the early match of the year contender. Yes. Easily. Easily. Jonathan Gresham might not walk out of that match the same. No, I don't see that happening. They don't call him the walking weapon because he, he he performs ballet, folks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a this this card top to bottom. You know, we got some a perfect mix of young talent plus top tier indie talent plus signed talent. Yes, I mean you're getting impact stars: Mike Bennett and Moose, Jordan Grace, fucking AEW star Kira Hogan. Mm-hmm. You know. Tiger Gen- Style. Tiger Style, Lee Moriarty, and Jay Lethal both signed AEW as well. Sorry. Impact star Josh Alexander. Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, one of the best technical wrestlers out there and free agent. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Well, technically, he's also does New Japan Strong, but still. Yeah. Daniel Garcia, AEW superstar. Young talent like Janai Kai. If you haven't seen young Janai oh, Kai she's yet, great. she's amazing. This is a stacked fucking card. There's three wrestling shows you should be watching this weekend. Mm-hmm. GCW on Friday night from Detroit. GCW on Saturday night from Chicago, which you can bundle together. Mm-hmm. And Terminus on Sunday. If you're a huge wrestling fan, if you're one of those people who, when I was on my rant at the beginning of this, you're looking for good pro wrestling, you're wondering why these are the main events, Watch these shows, and you'll understand why these are on in the last segment, and we're not talking about some rumor and innuendo bullshit in the final segment Yes, like everybody else. That's my whole point. Case in point. With that being said, I will say this. I'll be watching all these shows. It's my birthday weekend, and I'm going to watch every one of these shows. And I'm going to enjoy it. And next week on this show, I'm going to enjoy telling all of you about all of those shows, so hopefully you're watching as well. Kind of on uh, Patreon, eight one two two productions. So it's patreon.com slash eight one two two productions. Little as one dollar a month gets a ton of extra bonus content. Uh, no, no wrestling stuff on there yet, but you know it's not saying we won't do it. Mm. That's just saying yet. But we do a ton of stuff and we do extras. And uh, while I was talking on Patreon today. I kind of had like an epiphany about the world as a whole and I kind of, so the patrons got to hear it. I'm not going to go into the whole spiel, but it does affect, it does go into the wrestling world and some things that are going on in the wrestling world. And I want to take a brief moment to kind of clear my chest in the room. And it's one of those times where if I'm, I've been a little fired up tonight and a little can, you know, whatever, but it, it, it works out for these things sometimes. And uh, one of the things that I want to throw out there is the reason I was so fired up not about my personal stuff or like whatever's going in, but fired up when I was making the comments in the beginning of the main event about bullshit and people fucking off is I, this past week had a head cold. I mean, I'm sure if you tuned in last week's episode, you, you heard that I didn't sound the same. And, uh, uh, during that, I just decided to kind of take my time off of social media and stuff and relax. And like I said, there's some other extenuating circumstances. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing too, too, too serious. Just stuff that's just annoying and nagging, but whatever. With that being said, 
I kind of stayed away from a lot of stuff because I didn't want to deal with drama and bullshit. And like the the cards from the sky, <laughs> we got just that. And I, I Sunday before I went and hung out and watched football all day with Ken, which was a lot of fun, and, and it got my mind off of a lot of things. I had just looked briefly, and man, I put a tweet out there because it never disappoints. I mm-hmm. even put it. I was off for a few days, never disappoints. I tune in and there's people literally on the internet and and I and I, people on both the the good side and the bad side. Cuz we'll get into that in a second. Some people are out there fighting the good fight. Cheers to them. But there's people out there with unsubstantial allegations. And I'm not even going to say them cuz they they have real world implications. Yeah. But they're throwing them around like they're fucking facts because there's certain people out there in the media and there's certain people who do talking head shows just like this one. Let's be honest. We're, that's what we kind of are. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to explain why we're different because of this. And they're ending their shows or starting their shows with these juicy gossip bits that have zero, zero. And I want to say zero proof, evidence, anything else that you can look into them at. And when you press these people on this shit, as some of our friends have done online, and I, and I, I'm going to throw it out there. We have, I, I, I give them, a, I'm going to give them a shout out. Heel pops, chair shots. If you guys haven't heard of them, very, uh, they're they're very funny. Mm. They're sometimes they, sometimes they like to push the limits of being funny. I personally like them, uh, and you know, I, we don't always agree on opinions, but nobody agrees completely sure, on opinions. Yeah. But a lot of times, I find them defending people, defending the good and honorable side, as they were this past week. So you can just look it up if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as soon as they push back on some of these people who they were going were going after it, they couldn't provide the evidence because there was no evidence. Right. In particular, I'm talking about Kenny Omega and allegedly, mm. which is not even allegedly because it's never, there's no accusations, there's no investigations, no matter what anybody wants to say, of uh, grooming. Mm-hmm. It's just another fucking hit piece and what made me sick is on one side you have like i said heel pops and i'm, I'm gonna give them props and that's the only reason i'm shouting them out saying no 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 no. there's no out there's no evidence there's nothing shut up they went at the person hard and i'm glad they did or a few different people hard glad they did but on the other hand you have uncle dave Meltzer, who now because he sees this and other people he starts like quote tweeting shit that makes no sense and throwing his two cents in that made no even worse sense. Mm-hmm. And what that did was it emboldened the one side who has these no facts, just mudslinging to say, oh, well, you're doing it because that's your boy. That's obviously, there's obviously where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of shit that I just walk into on a Sunday, not look for, just walked into. This is the shit that has to stop. We talked about it, like I said, on Patreon. It was more about entertainment. It had nothing to do with wrestling. And the way of the world and the way that, like, you know, people go after people for dumb shit. Meanwhile, allegations and stuff get thrown around and shit gets blown out of proportion. And there's real world consequences for some of this stuff. Mm. Real world consequences. It's funny how people just don't think that libel exists. Right. And it does. So why I'm fired up and angry about certain things 
is that we're in a category and a subject with other people where there's people out there that are going after this ratings bullshit, which we've addressed a million times and I'm not going to do it again. Right, right, right. And how it's bullshit. And they're talking about all these salacious things that have no basis in fact and never come to fruition. And people are eating it up. And what happens is we've we've niched out a nice group of people who listen to other shows and us. And that group of people likes our content. And that's what we're, we're always going to do that content. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I'm only going to do the shit that I want to do. It's my show. <laughs> I, yeah. don't, I don't have to do things that I don't want to do. But without fail, I'll get these dumb fucking messages and comments. Well, why don't you talk about this? You're too scared. I am not scared to talk about shit. And anybody that knows me isn't. I'm the guy who challenged Anthony Agogo to a fight. And if you think I'm not fucking serious, He's dead ass serious, I'll fight him any fucking day. You'd be all, oh, you're just a fat guy. You've never been. The only- it doesn't matter. You guys don't know. The problem with him is he wouldn't know either what I know and know, don't know. I only told him one piece of what I know, and that's I know which I is the bad one. So I know that I just have to hit him in the good one. But how would I go about that on somebody who's been in the Olympics? You might want to dig into somebody's past before you jump to conclusions. You see what I'm talking about? And that's what you guys aren't doing. You guys aren't digging into anything. You just jump to fucking conclusions because you hear A, B, or C say it because you hear some fucking moron who's been banned from everything tell you that some guy is grooming people. You believe it. Because you hear that puppeted by other fucking morons that just want you to click on their shit. You just keep hearing that stuff. Because you then turn around and click on a guy who has been, who's got a 12% chance of being right. And that's statistics. Mm-hmm. You believe his nonsense. And he's wrong every day, folks. There's real people out there doing real hard work and giving you opinions. We don't break news here. We can. We found out about things and we'll tell you. Yeah. But there's a lot of times I find out about stuff and I just said it. I just put it under my fucking chest, man. I just gave it like right here, close to the vest. Who cares? It's going to break. It's going to break. But the problem is, is that everybody is in this world of fighting and, and infighting over dumb shit. And it's just a world of disinformation. Let's make this world a little better. And by that, I say, let's just take our information. We've taken a big step since we've gone to 607 TWS, since episode 100, since we've had our own podcast channel and not just on the Three Fat Nerds Network. And that was that we were going to talk about the good things. Yes, we will talk about bad news that comes up. We talked about the releases. Yeah, we, we talk it. about that stuff. We address it. We do our due diligence because those are factual things. We give our opinions on wrestling cards and what you should watch and what you shouldn't watch and what you know. I don't think we've ever said shouldn't watch, but still. Yeah, no, we've always if, if we've ever talked I mean, if about it's a something, bad match, it's a bad match. Yeah, but whatever. But if it's a card coming up that we think is worth your time, that's what we talk about. We don't talk. We don't. We don't like to get on there and watch something to waste your time and our time. Exactly. So with that being said, that is what we do here. And that's what we're going to continue to do. And it's fostered quite the nice response. And it's fostered quite a lot of of good things. And I thank everybody for that. Because even despite my bad attitude and things in my personal life or whatever, um, I really do appreciate it. And next week I'll pop back and we'll be fucking back to 100% and, and whatever, whatever. 
But at the end of the day, what drives me nuts and the things I will no longer even talk about, not on here like I challenged out at the beginning of the of the main event, mm. not even on, on social media, I'll just ignore you, is why aren't you talking about this, this, or this? It's not my business. You want I'll tell you what was funny this weekend. People dressing up in clowns outfits and going to the Jacksonville Jaguars game that they won, to be fair. Mm. You know where you can hear about that? I guarantee they talked about the Ocho Duro Parlayer podcast because they talk about pro football. So I'm sure it came up. Did it not come up? You recorded we, today, We right? quickly skimmed over it. Well, I mean, I'm not saying yeah. you're going to dwell on it. but No, no, but... But that has nothing to do with the wrestling world. That has to do with football fans being pissed off that Tony Khan's not running the football team right. <laughs> Although they got the win that day, which yes. is fucking hilarious. The big one of the probably the biggest upset of the year. Mm-hmm. Maybe oh, yeah, it was multiple huge. years. <laughs> Changed the whole dynamics of the playoffs. With that being said, though, I'm just saying, like, there, there's certain things that we don't have to touch on salacious shit because that's not what we're here to sell. We're here to be wrestling fans, and I have knowledge from working in the pro wrestling business and bring you the very best that we can to go out and watch. That's why we covered New Japan Pro Wrestling and Wrestle Kingdom because that's one of the best shows you're going to watch any year, every year. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Even though I had a nitpicky like add-on, like I would have preferred this, that has nothing to do with the fact that it was still a banger of a show with at least two five-star matches, if not more. But definitely two guaranteed with being Okada versus Osprey and with being uh, the, the junior heavyweight championship match between Al Desperado and uh, Takahashi, the ticking time bomb. Right. Those are two sure five-star matches. And if I really go through the card, I probably could pick out a couple more. That's how good that event is every year. GCW events are going to be fire this weekend, baby. Hell yeah. Terminus going to be fire this weekend. I promise you that when we talk about it next week. And it's not because of bias. Because if either if any of those shows suck, I'll be the first to tell you they sucked. Mm-hmm. And they phoned it in. Yeah. But I, I have not seen a GCW show where they phoned it in. And Terminus is just starting up. And with a card like that, how can you fail? Yeah, it would take like something of epic proportion to fail to that. But... That is what we're going to talk about here. And are we going to talk about AEW and WWE? Yeah, we're going to talk about AEW. If when if boneheaded shit like releases happen, yeah, we're going to touch upon it. But I'm not going to sit here and talk about bullshit, baseless rumors that just go out and disparage somebody that have real life implicate implications. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear that shit, like I told you, be my guest. Yeah, there's plenty of places to go get your your gossip full. I just wanted to make that list list here, the community we're starting here and we've been starting and successfully done because we're moving on up to the East side Mm -hmm. is one of people who want to be wrestling fans and want to be positive about those interactions. And we thank you for that, by the way. Absolutely. And if you don't find yourself in that boat and you don't find entertained, I'm sorry that we didn't fit for you, but I'm not going to cater to it. Just a forewarning. You got to add anything into that? or Sheep mentality leads to slaughter. I've said it once. i say it a million Love times. Thank you. So if you want to go follow the gossip, you want to follow the clickbait, that is your business, and you can go right ahead and do that. What we always do is provide a positive talking space to talk wrestling with fans. Will we call out bad wrestling when we see it? Yes. But are we going to get into the dirt and all that kind of nonsense that really has no impact on anybody and has... A lot of rumors just to get you to click in? No. 
we have been building this ship since the start of 607TWS, and we've really built that community up where we jump in on chats online, and guess what? We have some of the best conversations, and people are giving differing opinions. But the cool thing about it is everybody's respectful. That's what being a fan is all about. Now, if you just want to be a part of the sheep, go ahead and go feed the slaughter. If you want to be a part of something that's working and is turning around a fan base that is getting people into other promotions and growing good wrestling so we have a good place to talk about it, 607TWS on your favorite podcast provider. Enough said. Love it. Good way to end that. But until next week, we're going to be covering the GCW shows, the tournament show, and so much more, including we'll be previewing World on GCW, which will be coming up next Sunday. Can't wait for us. The big event that we've all been waiting for, Hammerstein Ballroom for GCW. It's their coming out party, and it's going to be in a big, bad way. So we'll be covering all that in full next week, because this weekend we'll be setting the table for that. But until then, that is all we have for you this week. We are going to leave you, as we always do, with our good friend Second Suitor. The song is called One Winged Angel. It's the Ode to New Japan Pro Wrestling and the cleaner, Kenny Omega. You can find and support Second Suitor as long as Tom Jolu, who you heard on the open, Floodlands, and, and Shout Out the Robots, who you've all heard on the show. You can support all those great bands on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And please do, because they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Facts. Leaving you with this. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for putting up with some whatever. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being wrestling fans. Uh, regardless of what you love, keep loving it. If you don't like something, let it fall to the wayside because you don't need that shit in your life. Whether it's wrestling, whether it's social media, whether it's, you know, fucking, you know, TV shows. I don't care what it is. A wise man, before he was signed in AEW, named CM Punk said, I got tired of the wrestling business, so you know what I did? I left. And it's the best thing I ever did. He also went to go on to say, don't let these companies fool you. You can watch it all and you can like it all, man. It's rad. Mm-hmm. So like what you like, hate what you hate. I don't personally watch WWE programming. I I don't have the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. But, but, man, I, I love watching that GCW, that New Japan. And there's a lot like me. And there's a lot of you guys that are watching other independents. Tell us about them. If you got a homegrown independent... Always give them a shout out. We'll always be cool to check them out. I've checked out some pretty cool stuff, especially because independentwrestling.tv is a thing. Mm-hmm. Promo code absolute to get a free five days. There you go. There you go. So with that being said, thank you guys so much for being fans. Till next week, for myself, for Ken M. Remember, everybody, keep it positive. Great weekend of wrestling action is upon us. And until next week, where we talk about that great week. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and later, wrestling fans!
Top ropes, one, two. 